to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting on Friday. We're filming, we're recording this for you on Friday, March the 5th, 2021. And it is the topic today is the third section on Qigong, Nigong, and Fagong. And I want to introduce everybody. Uh, I'm Richard Cleary, resident host, and all that good stuff. Uh, this is Matt Holker. He is the regional organizer for. Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville, and for the Knoxville area. Hello, everybody. And Greg Nolmeyer in Michigan. I'll let him tell you what parts. Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti. Hey, guys. Big welcome. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. And I'll let him tell you what parts. Hi, everyone. Uh, Art Don, Greenbelt, Maryland. That's about 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Welcome. So Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Hello there. Hello. Yep. If you're in uh, the New York City, northern New Jersey. Also, I should mention uh, the Philadelphia area. It's only 90 minutes away, and I've got some students that do travel that far uh, regularly. So, And who will probably end up teaching over there, so all that. Awesome. Yep. And then Philip Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, all. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Hey guys, yeah, Boca's about halfway between Fort Lauderdale Airport and West Palm Beach Airport. So, whenever you get tired of the snow, come on down. Hey, gorgeous. And Sheila Bell in Costa Rica, and I'll let her tell you what parts. Hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm in Guanacaste, which is the northern Pacific area of Costa Rica. And I give classes in Liberia, in Playa del Coco, and Playa Panama. And I also have a cacao farm for special events up in the mountains. Welcome. Yeah, so first a quick note from our sponsor. The, uh, and so we've got Clear Tai Chi online at www.clearmartialarts.com. And for the kinds of things we've been talking about with this little series of, this is our third section on that, essential keys to internal power, the Chi energy book and the DVD for the book, and then clears 24-7 Qigong. The, uh, and that's, how's that named again? Uh, it's called Clears Qigong 24-7 uh, Training in uh, Daily Nagong. Yep, that. Okay. And then, um, and then the, again, the address is www.clearmartialarts.com. All right, so where we left off with, or our next thing, is Tai Chi is yin and yang together in motion. It is Qigong, uh, but not solely Qigong. And if you think about the bigger category, they each have their own sort of, Tai Chi is a lot more than just the Qigong and Qigong is a lot more than just Tai Chi. And so there's this overlap of the Tai Chi that is Qigong and most of it is Qigong or energy work. In the beginning, it is not Nigong, really deep internal work because people don't have the knowledge or the skill or the ability to do that yet. But pretty quickly, when we start off with the marrow washing, which is normally thought of as being a very higher level thing, um, and this is in clear Tai Chi, then we get into the marrow washing and you're getting into that part where you're doing Nigong practice like that, even though you're still working on, uh, when you're doing your Tai Chi, the structure and the alignment and the song to relax and release, and that all happening together and the continuity and the flow and the body integration and feeling the energy and all those things. The, uh, and then with proper training and practice time and working on it, it becomes overall becomes Nigong, that internal work. The, uh, after you have trained properly trained for you are properly building, circulating and training energy, that's Qi and Jing, you begin emitting energy when you work your Tai Chi. You don't lose the energy. It's just that your light is shining a lot brighter and you're connected a lot more into, um, in this case, like heaven, earth, power, um, and how you're using those so that you have a lot better fuel supply and a lot better movement of that energy and you're able to build up a residual using the art in a certain exercising kind of a way, even though it's internal exercising. And the, uh, that's kind of what I've got written here. And obviously there's a lot more to say about that, but I'm gonna let the folks that are here talk to you about some of that and whether that be 
answers, thoughts, comments, questions, etc. Um, jump in there and have at it. Great. I've always thought that um, all Qigong wants to grow up and become Nagong. Uh, and <laughs> I've, like said, I've said that to my students, you know, and I feel that with everything. And so, you know, whether it's 13 moves or 108 moves, whether it's, you know, a few sets of Nagong moves or whatever, it's really about the quality. And do you have just enough uh, physical movement to get you started in the right directions? And so for me, um, I will occasionally be frustrated by my lack of ability to communicate this correctly when people are like, well, do you know this set of Qigong and that set of, or, you know, what movements don't you know that are in the 108? And I honestly, there's probably one or two between the like three forms I've got that I don't know, but it's not about that. And to try to communicate to that to somebody who's just kind of barely getting the, the Lee and a little bit into the Chi is difficult um, to, to really get that. So let me, I struggle with that. Let me talk about that for a minute. So if we're talking about movements, what I, uh, what I'll, one of the practices I like to have people do is to stand up and take a posture or a position that you think is a weird or strange posture or position, whatever, whatever, wherever your hands would be, wherever your body would be, whatever it is. Now, I will say, put that into alignment from where you're at. So let's say they were bent over kind of, but you know, discombobulated. I'd be like, okay, well, let's not have that discombobulated, but do as close to where you were with everything in an alignment and connected and all of that. Now, in that position, in the Tai Chi form, is there a move that's somewhere in the neighborhood of where you're at? And what you will find is that the vast majority of the time there is. Right. And so I, and then if they don't have that much, I'll talk to them about range of motion. So um, your motion from above your head to down to your feet and from out to the sides and every kind of configuration that you could possibly have of all of that. And that when you've got like the amount of moves that you've got, even if you've got like even the even the 24, you know, something shorter. And we, we use the 48 as our longer form. The. Uh, you've got enough range and placement of body parts to where you pretty much have covered every physical kind of range of motion and position that you could have so that, so that it's covered the whole thing. And that's part of what's going on there. And then running your body through that as you go through the form for the physical aspect of the exercise. And then for the self-defense part where there's not a big, like if your head never got covered anywhere and it was always wide open, but there's a lot of moves that go up and come around and do things where you're covering it all sorts of different ways. And the same with pretty much every other body part, including your knees and your, even your feet and all of that. And so that covers your range of motion and your different kinds of positions and for the exercising and making sure that it really is a whole body exercise. And so if somebody had a nuance, a uh, single whip, there's at least five different ways to do that move depending on whose form you're looking at and how they're doing it and all that kind of thing. I've seen cloud, you know, any of the main moves I've seen them done like lots and lots of different ways. And I would go, it's, it's nuances. And if I was moving with it for like fighting, for example, and it is a fighting art, Tai Chi Twin is a fighting art. And it's, as an art form, Tai Chi Twin is also a fighting art. Let me just say it that way. It's not commonly taught that way today. Most people do it for health but it is a fighting art along with the rest. And when I say that as self-defense art, um, it doesn't, not that you're gonna go out brawling with it or anything, or at least hopefully not. Um, and so it covers all the, and so if you start looking at it from a using it kind of a thing, it's, well, I could have my hands here, but he's over there. So if I place to that, how does that go? Where does it go? Um, if he's moving and I'm moving, then it's gonna adjust and it's gonna have to go to real time as opposed to this fixed posture. And so with your movement, if you said, well, all the, which one of those are right, if they're done by people that know what they're doing and skillful movement, I'd be like, well, they kind of all are. It's what's your context? Why are you doing that? What is your uh, reason behind it? And then the same thing applies to your energy and Qigong and Nigong. And the Nigong, ultimately, the movement almost doesn't matter. I mean, it gets to a point, the movement's not the thing anymore. It's what's going on inside of you. But on the way to that, it is... Do I have a good conduit for that? Is my body in the right shape 
for what I'm trying to achieve with that. Am I relaxed enough? Am I whole body breathing enough? Am I connected? Um, heaven, earth, and you, the human being in the middle, three powers um, is what that's called. Uh, and these other things going on. And um, that with the energy, it's not, do I know the eight moves of sitting duck qigong? It's what is the energy? What are you supposed to be getting out of that? What is supposed to be happening inside your body and with that energy? And if you can get that to actually happen, not, not imagining it's happening, you might need imagination to help you to get it started. But what it gets to is, is that that energy is actually doing that. And if it's actually doing that, the moves don't matter anymore. It's, and, and there's a number of different ways usually to accomplish the same thing externally, internally, the energy is going to have to move and do things in certain kinds of ways. And with certain kinds of, I don't want to say timing, but certain aspects of like can coordinated with your breath and or your thought where there is a timing of a sort to it. And then it becomes about that energy and what you're doing with it and how you're working with it. And then the effects of that on your body and doing that. And so the idea that sitting duck move number four does, does this certain posture and which other ones do you have? It's irrelevant. It's all designed to get you to being able to actually manipulate the, feel the energy, manipulate the energy, build the energy, circulate the energy, those things. And if that's happening in those ways, you're getting what you want. And the fact that there's 5,000 different moves and, and really after somewhere in the neighborhood of 24 to not more than a hundred, it's just a, it's just a repetition or a slight deviation from the way that the other one did it and, and, or a different order of movement and those kinds of things. Um, but it really ultimately is all getting back to working with that energy. And I'm sorry if I just yak, yak, yak a little too much there, but anyways, yeah. Does that, so, uh, you can, and I kind of tried to rattle that off quickly just cause I knew it was a mouthful, but when you're talking to somebody, ideally, you're able to convey that where they would get that it's the harder part is if they've had qigong and been studying qigong for years and i've got this set and i've got that set they're very much locked into this mindset where it has to be specific moves and it's like what do you feel when you're doing pick the move they like what's your favorite move what do you feel when you're doing that do you have to be in that posture to feel that or can you be doing something else and make that work like that and if you can't then you're doing the moves, but you're doing the choreography. You're not doing the Qigong, really. Let's get it so you're doing the Qigong. And now let's do it without the move. You know, do it because you're able to think it and or internally feel it and then make those adjustments. Now we're doing Qigong. Yeah, I, those are uh, the people with the experience um, are often and a hierarchy of theory uh, more than practice are the more difficult ones. Um, usually if I have them put hands on a little bit and I'll just like rest your hand on my forearm. Can you feel this coming in? Can you feel this coming out? Can you feel it dropping down? Can you feel any of those sorts of things? This is what we want to be doing within those. Um, but sadly, some of them can't do that very well because what they've been doing has basically been calisthenics. Not that it couldn't have been Qigong, but, and, and so it, it is, it's just one of those tricky things to try to navigate across that little crest with each person. For new what people, it's pretty easy. <laughs> you know, it's like, try, try this a little bit. Now we add one more thing, feel that and the other, come along. The other kind of conversation to have there too is what is Qigong? To you, what is Qigong? What does Qigong mean? And then the Qi really is that energy. That's the simplest translation. And the Kung is work. And so it's yeah. energy work. And that encompasses a lot of different things, including your breath work, which is all inside. You're not moving around a lot outside to get that. Um, and your alignments and these other things are, they are also Qigong. And so in your Qigong, you know, especially if you're seeing them and it's just empty, you go, I'm seeing the moves. I'm not seeing the Qigong. Where's your Qigong? And I'm not saying do this in a way that's, uh, you know, confrontational, confrontational. I'm saying, I'm saying in terms of discussion, so that they understand, you go, this is what Qigong is. And, and ideally you're, you're conversing with them for that. And then are you doing Qigong or not? And, and that it also gets to the levels that we talk about in the Tai Chi of the, of the 
Tai Chi roadmap where it starts at the physical and then it goes to the Chi level and then it goes to the mind level E and then like that and go, what level is your Qigong? And that may be a discussion to have. Again, not confrontationally, more like I'm, I find that everybody is, you know, people are at different levels and if they're going, what are you talking about? It lets you get into that conversation and it graduates it from that physical. Physical is the first level and everybody's got to start there because if your conduit is messed up and kinked and, and all these things, well, you got to fix that. So you got some of that going on. What are you doing at the chi level? Huh? Okay, well, this is what chi level is like. And really, it's supposed to graduate where it's not such a physical thing anymore, even though you have the benefits of it physically and could do it physically. Yeah, the funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you ready for a little bit of a? Oh, okay. I, uh, you know, what what you guys are talking about and my personal experience with the Tai Chi is when it, when I came to one of the seminars and you discussed. Uh, two two things that were very interesting to me. One was the uh, the double weighted error, and yeah. you know, <laughs> the the other one was you know steel wrapped in cotton. <laughs> and then you know when I look at my practice or where I was when I first started studying with you, you know I I was double weighted error all the way over on the steel side. <laughs> and uh, as you know, as I keep on going deeper into the, the energy work and, and the softness and, you know, I, I find that there is just so much that that room between zero and a hundred percent is just so vast, you know, there's so much to learn and, you know, the help with the, uh, you know, the Nagong and the, you know, the Qigong working with the energy and, you know, with the Yi, I find that it opens the softer end of things further and further for me. So I keep on broadening the spectrum. So it's a, uh, it is, it's a, uh, it's a great learning, learning environment or, you know, it's a very, uh, the system and the way you lay it out is very conducive to, to expanding that. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, well, I, I think I personally think it's important if you are talking to someone live where you can interact with them and you can have these kinds of discussions to ask them what they like, what uh, to ask them to explain what they mean by Qigong or what their goals are with Qigong or somehow get them to uh, get, get in the mindset of, of what they think when they or what they mean when they say Qigong, because different people in the United States mean different things. And so sometimes you'll find out that when people say, I want more Qigong, what they really mean is they want more like stretching and calisthenic exercises. And that's what they think Qigong is, but that's, that's what they want. And then there's other people who really know what Qigong is and they really want the Nagong, but they don't know how to say that. They've never heard that term. They don't really know what that is distinct from other forms of, of Qigong and by having conversations with them and asking what their goals are with it, a lot of times they'll kind of tell you, well, I want to, you know, feel the energy and I want to move it more without moving myself. And they'll kind of start to kind of get in the neighborhood of what we mean when we say Qigong specifically like Nagong types of Qigong. Um, and then it's a lot easier to like, once you understand where they're coming from, it's a lot easier to have those kinds of conversations. But if you start as a teacher, if you start talking to them about Nagong, when they meant calisthenics, you're going to get cross wires. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, you just, you just want to ask people as much as possible, um, where this, especially in the West, because there's just so much misinformation out there and there's so many people who have, heard something about it and they think they know what it is, but they don't necessarily understand it the way that we understand it. And they don't have kind of the definitions down or the lingo down the way we do. And so it's just good to check in with them and see kind of where they're really coming from before you start, you know, prescribing exercises for them to, to do for, you know, for whatever you're trying to, you know, get them to. Well, and my favorite Qigong really is what's involved in the Tai Chi. And when you say that things like marrow washing, that's part of what Tai Chi does. At the same time, it is its own separate. So there are these other practices that are part of Tai Chi that are like not the Tai Chi form. Um, at the same time, when I'm talking to somebody about the bigger progression, 
for me, the Tai Chi roadmap aspects of it, where it starts at the lead, the physical and all of that, and, and has some can be done uh, calisthenically, although that's not the norm, it is very much there to be done. Um, and then goes from the physical level to the Chi level and where you're working those things and then to the mind level and then to the Jing level and then to the Shin, the spirit aspect of it and all of that stuff. The, um, it does take you through a progression from A to Z of anything that I've seen really people trying to accomplish in the Qigong. Um, the other aspect being that somebody might do a very specific Qigong for a very specific purpose, uh, like a certain healing thing, or I've got whatever problem it is. And there are ways within the Tai Chi to do that. You just have to know how it breaks down as Qigong. And if they've really got, and Tai Chi, Tai Chi, Tai Chi Twin, as a full system, it does that, but it, but you have to have the knowledge. Fortunately, we've got that um, to the degree that we do. And you know, and you guys, most of you are teaching that and you're working on getting better and deeper knowledge on that and you're teaching it as well. And so it's, we do have that for folks who want it. Um, and then they can really go. And so if they were a Qigong person wanting to go further in their Qigong, Tai Chi is an excellent vehicle to do that with. Yeah. At least, at least our Tai Chi. Now, if they're getting somebody out in the park and all they know is a form and they don't know anything else about it, no, they're they only have the level if they're lucky, uh, typically, and they don't even understand the basic of the Qigong of it, so they're not going to be able to do that. But in clear Tai Chi, we're able to do that, and there are other good systems out there. It's not just us, but the um, uh, but anyways, the real stuff has has this. The real Tai Chi has this. And for people who really are just kind of looking to get a little more fit and to be a little healthier that way, and they're and they weren't necessarily coming in the door looking for you know chi energy or anything, they just thought this was kind of a healthy activity to do. The tai chi is a natural bridge to some of those other skills that they might be interested in down the road. They might not be, and they you know then they'll get what they get, and and that'll be good enough. But that but. A lot of people don't necessarily know that's available, but when you start to teach them things like, okay, now you've got this form. Now, if you want to get more work in, you know, and strengthen your body a little more, you can apply this mental exercise to it that actually conditions you in a certain kind of way and gives you more like physicality because you turned up the dial on the, the amount of like weight that you're carrying on, on your body. And you can do that mentally and with the energy that you're, that you're moving and And, you know, people, even though they came in the door, just looking for kind of more of a workout, the way that they're getting that workout with Tai Chi becomes very intriguing a lot of times. And then they want to know more about how that works and how to really tap into the energy that way and what more can be done with it. Um, and it becomes a, a natural bridge to that kind of next level. The clear internal push hands really helps with this it, um, because they can get a certain aspect and feel the workout. At the same time, the, the clear internal push hands is designed to take somebody all the way up to the full knee gun and into the higher levels of, the, of like what the Tai Chi roadmap stuff is referring to um, in the progression. And so it takes them all the way from very physical to very um, non-physical internal things at a high level. Um, and that's why it's not the pushy shovey push hands like you see um, sumo. And I know what I'm saying. That is obviously people can and do play it that way, but that is not the, you know, if you see 10 people playing at different skill levels in the room, you got one or two people playing, one or two of the groups playing like that. And the other eight groups really shouldn't be looking like that. Um, and then it's what you and your partner agreed to working on. Um, anyway, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just was planning to um, confirm basically what Matt was saying. Uh, I think that out of my long-term students, 80% um, of them had no idea what they were, you know, in for. <laughs> and they stuck with it because, you know, they learned about it, not because they knew what they were looking for. And yeah. um, they, 100% of them had no idea what Nagong even was. They had never heard of it before. And most of them, that is now their favorite thing to do. So I completely agree with that sentiment. And it is interesting to try to find a vocabulary to express that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, and I, what I find is that in that vocabulary, that having the examples like breathing is an internal thing. And so they go, well, does that mean the person who's doing 
uh, MMA isn't breathing because they're breathing. They have to, or they'd be falling down and everything else. Right. So are they doing some internal? Well, they're breathing. Um, but mostly they're trying to physically exert outside of their body and what they do with that breathing to work on their body, to work on their mind, to work on really adding power, speed, and other things with the breath. And that's one aspect of internal and a more, more overt one. Right. Um, and what do they do with their internal alignments and their internal connections to do that? And what they do, you know, and there's other, lots of other stuff, but then you can kind of walk people into it that way. Um, and then if they're, if they were interested in like what the Qigong can do for them and what the Tai Chi can do for them, and they begin to understand how much you can really positively affect things in the body, then they become very interested in that. Like you said, it becomes their favorite thing because it's what people, it's why Tai Chi got to be famous is because you could do this. It didn't get famous because you go out and wave your hands around in a park. Otherwise, what do they need Tai Chi for? Everybody can do that. Yeah. I'll uh, second Sheila's comments and just say that uh, some of the ways that uh, I have won over students that came in and just wanted Marshall, like, oh, you're a Tai Chi guy that's going to teach the applications and, and push hands and stuff. Cool. And then they come in with the knee hurting or something and oh, use a little fogging on them. Or even if I don't do that, which I typically would, um, just teaching them the whole body breathing technique and then how to isolate spots and to breathe through an area of their body. Speaking of using breath versus oh, I'm just breathing. Um, and they're like, whoa. And it converts them like that. I have a relatively new student who's an Ishinru karate guy. And you sure as heck could see it, you know, as I'm teaching him the form, that stiffness and that just the, you know, the way uh, you, they tend to move. Uh, and when we do push hands, he is loving it. Um, and he still goes to his karate group on like Friday nights. And he's like, those guys don't get it. They don't want to hear a word of what I'm learning here. And, and I'm like, that's okay. You're going to be moving them around all over the place really darn soon. <laughs> so anyway, that's uh, some of my experience with getting people to, to want more than they thought. Well, of. I like that as soon as, you know, that because they're doing the Marshall thing, they're going to need the health thing because that's the reality. Yes. 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 And they really do when they, when the, when they need it like that and then it's right there and it fits, then they're pretty excited about it after that because it's like, Oh, that really helped me. So which is the goal of it. Right. Cool. Anybody else? Well, I'll just add, and this hopefully goes along with what others have said, is that when um, I work with people, I emphasize that um, along with the postures of Tai Chi and, and getting them correct, the, uh, the principles are at least as important, if not more so, because if you have a, a correct a quote-unquote correct posture doing the form correctly that's good but if you don't have the power of the principles behind it, it there won't really be any useful application of of the physical physicality of it um and and i um for example sifu where you you say that or you know point out that there are often four or five correct ways to do the same posture, single whip or, or, or cloud hands or something. And as no one is absolutely correct, um, just because one has one down exactly physically correct going through the motion, if he doesn't have the underlying principles behind it, which, which relates to, to all the forms done, um, done correctly, it won't have a useful application. So, again, just as long as, as long, along with doing the posture correctly, I just emphasize how important the principles are and that people need them to really have effective, useful Tai Chi. Yeah, at the uh, Jing level, there are 36 primary, color, like primary color, different energy expressions. And then there's the three different frame sizes of Tai Chi, very large frame, medium frame, and then small frame, right? And then you've got um, other techniques and methods and all that where it clears over a hundred ways to do the same moves, depending on what you're after and the expression of it and what you're really focused in on. Are you really focused in on a 
on an earth and a heavier aspect of like rooting and, and that, and then really having your whole body connected? Are you more like a water kind of a quality or are you more like a, uh, an air and that kind of a quality? And they're all correct to Tai Chi, but they are very different expressions. And if you start putting frame size and you start putting those different one or the other of the different kind of energies together and what kind of an expression that is, it really starts, the moves can be very, very different looking, even though it's all the same posture, you know, like whether it be cloud hands or, or the opening move or the um, fan through the back or, um, uh, you know, name a move, snake creeps down, whatever it is. The, um, anyways, those different expressions, again, being practiced and with an, with an attitude of that expression and or a feeling of that particular expression can really change the way that that move is presented, the way that it looks, the way that you move through it, the way that the energy is moving through you when you're doing it, all that stuff. And so um, that's so I could look at literally probably 50 different ways that it's being done and go, yep, those are all correct. But I could look at one and go, there's no way that's correct because the alignments are off, the internal connection is off, there's the energy's not moving somehow, or, or, and when I say moving, I don't mean it has to be in great motion. I mean, there's the energy is cut off somehow. Um, then anything like that, and I go, well, there's errors happening there. So it's not that their posture is off or where they want to place things is off. It's that they are, they're having internal issues or alignment issues that are causing double weighted error or other kinds of problems. Um, and that part's wrong. And so I don't tend to look at any of the moves looking for something super, super specific in terms of what's going on with that move. White crane spreads wings. I've seen so many different variations of that move, like a lot, like a lot, a lot. And most of them I would go, yeah, that's correct. Um, people, people that have really seen one or the other, their, their tendency is to look at it and go, well, all the rest of those, they're not like mine. They must be wrong. It's like, they're just different than the one you've got. But what's making it right or wrong are those internal things and those alignment things, not whether the crane wings are spread out or um, a little more closer in. That's got to do with frame size. It's got to do with um, uh, there's more than one expression of, of crane spreads its wings as well. Anyways. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from 0 to 60 as quickly as possible, and it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com. Um, all right. So anything else, anybody? Cool. All right. So Tai Chi follows the same principles as Chinese medicine. The Qi energy follows your E. Now, this is not at the beginner level. Beginner level, it's learn postures, learn how to not be bent up and, and make it so you've got a good conduit for the chi to flow. Make sure that you're connected, that you're relaxed with all of those things going on, um, those kind of things. But once that vessel of your body and your mind are in the right kind of a framework and in the right kind of a way, which is a very placid, very calm, very aligned and relaxed state, that's so that you can do the other things and like the energy and with your mind and that your body is not getting in the way of those things happening. And if it's a rehabilitation, which is one of the ways to do things that really modifies moves a lot. So somebody has got an injury or multiple injuries and they're going to have to modify things in terms of the external part. So that, but it's still done with the idea of how do I get the energy to flow here and the way that's going to be helpful and beneficial and all that stuff. And so the chi energy follows your, your E, your mind, which gets bigger. The, the actual E part of it gets bigger. The mind that's not your brain, that's the physical part of your, of your not the physical, I'm sorry, the non-physical part of what your mind is. Make up your mind already. Anyways, with your ting, sensitivity and awareness, 
what ting is, and begins to feel, fill the space around you. This has a healing effect on yourself. It also has a, is it able to be used to have a healing effect on others. And it is the feeling of Tai Chi. If you see Tai Chi really being done or being done by a group of people where it's really correct, you can, it's palpable, you can feel it, right? And so it has that healing effect that's that energy and that mindset and the, the brain waves, if you will, that are then being put out and are being received and or adjusted to by the person who is observing even. And I've done it with people who are, um, uh, and I'll get into that, where they were unconscious in a hospital bed and you can see the machines adjust and all of that, where there is an effect that's actually happening there, even though they're not conscious. So if they're not conscious and it's working, I'm not too worried about it working on somebody that's looking at me unless their own mind is somehow getting in the way. Anyways, so it follows the same principles as Chinese medicine. The qi energy follows your e mind, which gets bigger with your ting sensitivity and awareness, and it begins to fill the space around you. And so in, in that sense, it's following... Uh, and, uh, and where I'm taking it to here starts to get a little bit more than what the way that Chinese medicine is going to put it. They're going to talk about that the E that the, the E is first, that the Qi follows that, and that the blood follows the Qi, and that's the order of events. And then, so if you're trying to do that for healing, that can produce and will produce, if it's being used to do it properly, a it will produce a healing result. Anything, anybody? Comments, questions, thoughts? <laughs> oh, okay. So, Shifu, that's, 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 I guess that really, uh, so there's a, it just defines sort of um, an observation that many people make. And it's two observations. One is people watching a group of people watching doing Tai Chi, if they do it right, it has an effect on them. They feel good, relaxed. More placid, yeah. Right. And there's also a benefit to doing it in a group. Absolutely. Because you you kind of ride on the chi of all the people, other people in the group. So it it's just a way, very nice way of articulating what we observe fairly commonly. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. That effect uh, Phil that it has on the group of people I get to see regularly um, on my zoom classes that I conduct in the morning. And one of my other instructors, Paul Shansky and his wife typically join the uh, classes and they have a dog who's a very rambunctious dog yet shortly after beginning Tai Chi, or if we're doing our Nagung set, that dog lies down and is super relaxed. Happens all the time. It's very interesting. Cool. That's cool. That doesn't always happen, by the way. It depends on the set you're doing and the dog and how used to uh, the energy of it the dog is. I have found that with the eight and the 13 dogs that are unfamiliar with um, Tai Chi energy tend to want to kind of like jump on you when you're moving really slow like that. For some reason, they get that much more like frenetic and they want to like pull you out of it somehow. They get like, it's, it's also got a kind of an inviting energy. The 48, I have those same dogs will go like hide around the corner and peer at you. And, and <laughs> interesting. I wonder why that is. Yeah. 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 Wow. I've also experienced, um, one of my friends who both the, uh, Matt and Sifu, you know, uh, Rocco, um, had all these little Pomeranians. Oh, my God. Arr, 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 like, they had like literally five of them. And they had this one that they could not get to shut up, like no matter what. And so I'm visiting and I just project a little calming energy at the dog and walked away and shut up. And they're like, what? <laughs> what, what did you just do? <laughs> it was kind of neat use of that. Right. Did that happen after we had visited him? And no, that was before. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, Harry, yeah, Harry you start giving some classes to um, dog. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> got a new business here. Woohoo. <laughs> 
there are different kinds of dog trainers on TV that I've seen, and some of them I'm not such a. I've I've looked at them, and and the dog whisperer kind of spoiled it for me because I watched a couple of his shows, and he was really talking about things in this way. Not I don't know that he's a Tai Chi practitioner, but he really did talk about e and the way that the dog is responding and the energy and the in the room and from you and what's going on and how the dog is relating to that and all that kind of stuff and he was doing really neat regularly on the show stuff with and with the dogs that he was working with using that kind of a of a of an approach um and getting really phenomenal results with it um that you could just see and he was doing this for however many episodes they did um and so um i really um, anyways, for in the vein we're talking about, I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, sort of if, if, if you developed it, obviously it can be used that way. That, that guy's kind of using it that way, whether, wherever he got his training, however he got the knowledge of this. They make it sound like it was sort of innate almost that he just kind of came to it, but he's using enough terms in certain kinds of ways where he had training in something too. And it's noticeable. I've seen that too, with the larger animals, with the horses, uh, a couple of years back, I went on a, uh, uh, it was a, it was a week long horseback riding trip across the state of Florida. And on a, on a Sunday we stopped and there was a, there's a church, it's a, it's a Christian church, but during the seminar, they do it in an open. They do what? They use an animal, you know, a horse and they, they, they. Fade it out there, Jim. Oops. Jim froze up on us. <clears throat> but the, uh, yeah, the, um, uh, the, uh, I know um, you, uh, your teacher, Uncle Bill, one of his brothers, um, who was very gifted in this kind of way, um, they asked, like, how did that happen? Or, you know, did he do anything special? And all anybody ever said was, well, he spent a lot of time with the horses. Um, and there seems to be a connection to that. Um, if you can connect to animals energy, um, and connect to their E and kind of connect to them in, you know, when they can't talk to you, um, and, but you can still communicate with them and you can, there's that sort of back and forth that really helps with this kind of, uh, the work, the work that we're doing. And, you know, especially when it comes to Nagung, really manipulating the energy with your mind and, um, and causing it to have effects on your body. Um, you know, it, it, even though you're not doing physical things to get those effects, um, that's it's, it, it is energy work. And so the more different ways that you can kind of connect to that energy, the better you're going to get the stuff. And that's what I think that's ultimately what the point of these last three things, uh, these last three episodes have been is that all of this, you know, the Qigong, the Nagong, and the Fagong, it's all connected. It's all very much related. Um, and, uh, and even though there may be certain aspects of it that are a little more Nagong and certain aspects that are a little more Qigong, and in this way, it's kind of a little more like Fagong, that the practice of all three of them as a whole and your Tai Chi as a complete art is, it, it's, you know, more is more. Well, we are trying to get across a little bit for people go Qigong, Nigong, what is all this, right? And trying to get it so that there's some understanding of the differences and and what goes on and that they are interrelated, but they are each their own kind of area of study. And, you know, it's because I think it's because the words of Chinese is where part of the confusion comes in for folks here in the West, because if we said it's um, paper, paper, scissors, rock, you know, work they'd be like, well, one's paper, one's scissors, and one's rock, and no, no question about that. And so they're all part of the same game, but there are different things and different aspects and all of that. And in this case, they all relate to the energy for what we're talking about with, with the uh, fogong and the nigong and the qigong, um, but there are different aspects of working with that energy as well. Um, so if we were talking about body, maybe talking about muscles versus tendons versus... Um, Bones. Bones, 
and that they're all you don't need them all you need them all they're sort of interconnected but you could do things that specifically affect one of those and or do work that's specifically for one of those and then you can do work that's kind of using them all and, and all that kind of thing so yeah with proper training and time work you learn how to direct this better and better for healing yourself and others i used it to help heal my back after i broke it um, I've used it in a hospital setting to help others. Um, and when you're trained properly and understand both Qigong and Nigong, then you can turn on your Tai Chi and the Tai Chi energy. And with Tyrone, uh, my one instructor there that had had a stroke and he was out when I went to the hospital and hooked up to all the machines and I walked in and I saw him and I just opened my arms and turned on that energy and all the machines and, dot and the stuff on him. And the blood pressure and the heart rate and all that stuff, it all moved. And I had a buddy standing beside me, his jaw hit the floor like, wow. the Because uh, he hadn't seen me do that kind of thing before. Um, and it had been, and I was living in Florida at the time. These guys were all back in Dayton, Ohio. And so I had to fly back there for this. And so he hadn't seen me in a good while. And even then, most of the time he hadn't seen me in that context. But anyways, um, and so uh, the other one is, is that his oxygen rate went up. Uh, when I did that, I necessarily told you it lowered the heart rate, lowered the blood pressure. Anyways, and I know a number of you have had experiences kind of like this. If there's anything you'd like to share um, where you where you had something happen like that or or kind of how this works a little bit. Uh, and I don't mean the, the how to do it. I mean the something you experienced, saw, felt, et cetera, that would be of, that you think people might want to know that this is really possible with this um, and where it kind of goes. Too many examples to pick one. I'll, uh, I'll wait for someone else to jump in. Hi, Jim. Jim's back, but he probably didn't hear the question. All right, well, nobody else is wanting to jump in, so I'll, uh, I'll share my, my, probably my favorite story about all this, um, where uh, the, the healing and the energy and, and how it all kind of connects in my, personal experience with it. Um, I was sick as a dog one day, pounding, just screaming headache, uh, feeling miserable, stuffed up and, and like in, in intense pain, like in, in my head, you know, the headache <laughs> and, uh, but also, also sick. It wasn't just a random headache or like a migraine or something. I was sick, but one of the symptoms was I had this crazy pounding headache and I was feeling miserable. And for whatever reason I had to film something that we were doing that day and Sifu Clear was teaching and I was sitting behind the camera, like looking, I'm sure looking like death, just uh, feeling awful and like, you know, working the buttons and miserable and, and, and hating life. And at some point Sifu took pity on me and from across the room, he kind of did that. And at first I didn't know what he wanted or if you're, if you're listening to this and can't see it he just basically relaxed his body and let his hands and the energy expand out right but, yeah, which but, is, but doing it real soft and real light and just like oh, okay Anyways. and that's and that's what he did and that and i didn't know what he was up to and and then he kind of gestured at me like you do this <laughs> and then he did it again he relaxed his whole body again and i kind of got the idea oh, okay so i sat up a little more upright in my chair in our good you know better kind of wuchi posture but sitting and relaxed and then uh he uh see clear kind of aimed his palms at me uh, adjusted his hands in the air slightly and as he did i felt literally the the headache itself the ache of the headache i felt it start to change and i felt it move and i felt the quality of it sort of congeal and i felt it move to the back of my head and then down and then, uh, and then he sort of popped his hands in the air like he was doing a little light bodging almost. And I felt the ache of the headache literally pop out the back of my head. And uh, and then I did, and I sort of thought about it, and I realized I don't have a headache anymore. <laughs> and I uh, I thought I thought more and more about it, and uh, and everybody, you know, we were at a workshop, and other people continued to do their, you know, their work and. I was still sick, but I didn't have the headache anymore. And the next day I was feeling much better. 
And, uh, and, you know, I talked to see for clear about it. I can't remember what exactly uh, we exchanged, but I kept recreating kind of replaying the sensation over and over again in my mind. And the next, over the next couple of days, at some point, the headache came back. I woke up again with a headache and I sat calmly and I relaxed and I tried to sort of grab the energy, the way that I had felt it move when see for clear was affecting it. And I tried to manipulate it the same way. And I sort of congealed it to the back of my head and I felt it kind of stick together the way that I felt the quality of it sort of changed before. And I moved it down with my mind into the position where it had been when he kicked it out of my head and I kicked it out and I didn't have a headache anymore. And I realized that I can get rid of my own headaches now. Um, and ever since then, really, I have been able to do that. And, and only very rarely do I even get headaches anymore at this point. And when I do, I immediately relax and go through the process of getting, taking the, the pain of it outside of my head in that way. Um, and, and it alleviates that symptom. I'm, you know, I'm still sick, but I, I still, I still am like infected if I'm sick in that way. I'm, it's not like I'm not contagious anymore, but I can go around and I can get about my day. I can, I can, you know, I can be a productive, happy person who's not in pain and not miserable and hating life and all you know everything that I was earlier that day. Um, and I just, it's, it's just makes so much of a difference for me personally. And so that was great for me because not only did I learn that like by direct transmission, how to, you know, get rid of my own headaches that way. But I also that day kind of realized it that was the first time it really sort of dawned on me what was really possible or, you know, some amount of what was possible with this, uh, with this stuff, you know, at a, at a certain level, um, because it was just very impressive. He was all the way across the room for me. He never touched me. He never even came close. Um, and he barely moved, but I could feel everything happening. And then I didn't have a headache anymore. Um, and so, you know, it's pretty amazing. That's one of the, uh, the, the best things that you mentioned in, in that story too, is the direct transmission how you could feel something and then learn from that. Many who don't have the uh, opportunity to feel from their teacher or another uh, qualified practitioner are at a disadvantage because so much of this, you mostly do need to feel. So many, I'm sure you're not going to remember this, Sifu, but many, many, many years ago when I was uh, like a first-time student with you, uh, at first time in Tennessee, maybe the second time, whatever, you're in a Sifu school is long and narrow and I'm toward the back of the school with you Sifu and somebody walks into the front door and they bow and I believe it was Steve number uh, Robertson and from way back you said you're looking at him and you're like Steve what's wrong with your shoulder and Steve says oh Sifu I you know whatever he did to it I heard it or blah 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 and he goes and you said do you want me to fix that for you and Steve said, well, sure. And then you just kind of look at him and I, and I know what you're doing now, but back then you were adjusting the energy around his shoulder that you could see. And right there on the spot, he goes, oh, wow, that's much better. Thank you, Sifu. And I was like, pardon me, but I'm like, what the hell did I just see? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, whatever. And and I just let it go and continue trading with you. And it's so neat now, many years later, to be able to understand exactly what went down there and that these skills are available. There's one other uh, story. I I told this many, many podcasts ago. So it's likely that, uh, you know, we have different listeners or viewers right now. Um, And it's something you wouldn't normally think. Uh, If you're learning your Tai Chi set and you are learning some of the energies, such as contracting and expanding and how to use that from a more of a martial perspective. Well, we were at a Tai Chi event, staying at a hotel uh, where the air conditioner is blowing right over my bed and it gave me the the worst sinus headache and stuffiness and dripping and, and all that nastiness. And I was hosting Sifu for that. And so I'm driving and Sifu's in the passenger seat and he can tell I am miserable as can be. And I had never done this before, but because I had practiced the contracting and expanding energy, it made sense to me when Sifu said, why don't you just contract all of that in, in, in here gently and then dissolve and expand it out. 
And it made perfect sense to me while I was driving. And right there on the spot, I cleared up and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so the the things that we can learn to do with these energies, you would never even think of unless you're taught or or you're that inventive as well, which is another thing that can happen. Because now you, you know, you can get to the point with enough training where you might say, I bet if I try to do that with this tight spot of my body or, you know, whatever the case may be, you'll discover many times you can. Science and an art. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, um. I actually do do something like that um, with, I was, I forget the exact occasion I first tried it, but um, it was either I needed to focus on something and had a lot of extraneous thoughts running in my mind, or I was, I was practicing Tai Chi or meditating and wanted to just sort of not have a lot of thoughts in my mind, whatever the reason I wanted to clear my thoughts. And I know we have this, this practice of, um, I guess we call it the, the suck and spit method sort of, or, or where you have maybe a, a, an injury or sensation on your arm and you just think of that spot and um, sort of suck it up and out and then into the body and let it dissipate. Um, and it, which is sort of a quick explanation, I think. Um, and anyway, I, I, thought, I had all these thoughts in my mind and I thought, well, Maybe I can use this method. It's, it's not a physical situation, but it's just, uh, anyway, I sort of stopped and got in proper posture and, and um, was able to do what I felt was collecting all these thoughts that were coming in into a uh, one spot in my brain and, and then just sort of drop them down. And, and then I, uh, my mind was pretty clear to go on and do what I was doing. Stumbled into, he stumbled onto uh, relaxing his knee. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, and that's exactly what you were saying, Harry, um, is that you can, when you've had the training and you have the sensitivity and you have a sort of a baseline of the kind of initial skill sets that you need for the Qigong and the Nagong and the Fogong, then all of a sudden you can start to play with these things and produce real concrete effects that you weren't necessarily taught directly, but you know, maybe you've heard of them um, or maybe it just was in the moment, like, well, this is bugging me. I wonder if I can do something about it, but you can, you get the ingredients and you get to be a good enough kind of cook moving towards chef in that way where you start to play with the kind of different, elements and and get different results and with understanding with understanding (laughs) um instead of yeah instead of a little kid you know pouring salt and pepper and water and whatever else in a bowl and going i'm cooking and you know it's a you're actually making something um with you know with the skills that you have yeah it's a great Um, analogy results yeah 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 um sheila it looked like you were trying to, to weigh in there also my yeah no i just wanted to mention since we're talking about you know, discovering things that you weren't expecting and wondering what's up with that. I was doing a scan on a guy once and I kept going back to this one spot that was bothering me and it was, it was in his back and I had never, it wasn't that I felt something, it was that I didn't feel anything. And that was really kind of strange to me. And so, um, you know, there wasn't really anything to do about it, but I finished up, I did everything I could for other issues that he was experiencing. And then at the end, after I finished, I said, I just wanted to ask you about something real quick, because I'm so curious. Is there any reason I would feel like a hole in your back? Like there was nothing there. And he said, he turned to his wife and said, did you tell her? And I was like, tell me what? And he had had, um, I believe he had had a hernia in the spine and they had removed part of the cartilage there in between the vertebrae and so he actually had had a removal there and that's what i was feeling so it was very interesting and you know nothing to fix but um without the sensitivity i would never have understood that because no one had informed me about it so well if i feel an empty spot like that i will try to make sure that i've smoothed the energy over so that they have energy flow through because a lot of times with the especially on something removed, the combination of scar tissue and the trauma will kind of block the energy from flowing through there well. And even though it's been taken out, as long as they're healed up and everything's good, 
if they're not healed up, then you want to circulate and flow for healing them up. If they are healed up, then you want the energy to flow and all that so that it, so that, you know, you've got good flow through the body's going to respond as normally as it can under the circumstances. And so you don't want to leave a dead spot kind of in there if you can help it. Under yeah, it was a really funny feeling. And he wasn't, he was not experiencing any pain or anything like that. Um, but it was, it was very odd. And I thought that's really interesting because, it, you know, I just picked up on it and then I was confirmed that that really was a thing. So you keep getting that kind of confirmation. Yep. discovering new, yep. new things and, yeah it's very important and that's one of the things that's different about our system across the board as much as i can i put in there tests throughout so that you can and things to to feel and discover so that you can go i can you know i can feel that here i that is that is here it is not there that is really happening as opposed to gee i feel like you know and then it's and then that's where the your imagination will tend to contribute a bunch of things that aren't really happen, aren't really there or happening or whatever. And so we really want to get to the reality of it. And the reality of it is, is, um, cool. Very cool too. So, yeah. yeah. It's kind of amazing just to sit around and talk about this. Like, like it's no big deal because probably a lot of people listening are with their mouth on the, you know, their chin on the floor. Well, they've got things they can buy that will introduce them from us that, that would introduce them to it, um, you know, in terms of like the essential keys to internal power and the Qi Energy book and DVD and the 24-7 Qigong. And we've got the Fogong set, uh, that whole workshop on video so that people can buy that and actually um, experience and learn the basics, at least study up on the basics of what we're talking about here, where they can start to feel that kind of stuff. Uh, we've got Dongjing, which is knowing which is based off of tingjing, which is that feeling um, and, and that kind of, and the sensitivity and how to build that and get that going on. And so um, we've got things available for people that want to get into this part of it and to really tell that they're really doing it, not imagining it. And of course, if they come out and get hands-on at any of the workshops we've got for this, that kind of thing. So we're really trying to make it available so that people can can get that and really have exposure to it and then feel it and do it and all that stuff, not just hear about some obscure Chinese master in a small village somewhere in China that nobody knows where it is that can do this and and then it's otherwise it's a it's a uh, hidden legend skill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's two main sorts of paths that uh, people get on in the clear tai chi program and one of them is if you were if you wanted to train more like you were a regular student with regular class times and you were kind of coming a couple times a week and you wanted it to be like you were here in class with us there's clear tai chi online and that's what that program is it's just like the regular classes it literally is it's the same curriculum that we teach in our regular classes here in the school in maryville in the clear tai chi national headquarters then there's also people who come in and do workshops with us and or they've got Tai Chi from other systems or they've had a Tai Chi background or their specific skill sets in their Tai Chi that they really want to work on right now um, intensely. And so there are um, sort of more workshop oriented, like directed skill focused programs and videos and, and videos and, and courses and, and all sorts of different ways to kind of get into like one skill at a time and really brush up on one thing or focus in on one thing and develop that really intensely to a, the highest level you kind of can and put the pieces together that way and fill in any gaps that you might have in your training that way. And then of course, there's certain people who do both. They do the regular classes and then they work intently on certain skill sets, you know, within that bigger training arc that they're doing. But all of that is available at clearmartialarts.com. Clear Tai Chi Online, um, the regular class curriculum like that. You can also get like the Fogong set, which is like a workshop type material. You can get the Dongjing Knowing, which is more like a workshop. All the all the things that we've been talking about that are more like kind well, of- Well, the Fogong is a three-day workshop. The, the Knowing is basically a three-hour or less presentation. And the video, the video right. is only like an hour and a little bit. But with a ton of uh, training concepts and things that are going to kind of step you up in that category of, mm -hmm. of you know, Ting in that skill set. Um, and so uh, to, to get, you know, if whether you wanted to work on like one particular 
area of your, of your training and really focusing on that. Or it's like, no, I just want to kind of do Tai Chi and I want to build the skill over time. And I want to do it how you do it there. Whatever you want, the, the path for you is available at clearmartialarts.com. So check that out. Cool. Anything anybody wants to add about the topic we've been talking about or, or any other thoughts, questions, comments? Yeah, Sifu, you, you mentioned, uh, you said if you find an em a place that's energetically empty, there were two possibilities. And one you said, if it's healed, I think you said you want to smooth it and then run energy through it. Around where it's not blocking and building up like a like around it, right? I'm not trying to get blockage and have a backup that's happening and, and expanding and growing. I want to get it so that the energy goes ahead and smoothly goes across it and that it's, you know, that your body is functional and well, even though there's now this hole or gap uh, in your anatomy, right? And then you said, and if it's not healed, you would, what, what, there was that I want to get the energy to flow across in order to enhance and, and feed the energy to it and across it and to do the healing to help to help facilitate the healing process. Okay. So you in, in one case you help facilitate the healing process and the other tape you just smooth it so the energy runs through it. It's operating like ideally at the energy level is operating the way that it normally would okay. as best it can. That's cool. All right, guys, lady, welcome, or thank you for the participating today. Enjoyed talking to y'all. Look forward to talking to y'all more. And we'll do, and those of you at home, uh, if you've got any questions or anything, you feel free to reach out to us, and we're happy to, to try to talk to you. Uh, if you're listening to this and got this far through and are like, no way, no how, and I'm going to argue with you, go somewhere else. Because <laughs> uh, we're not going to waste a bunch of time with you. Yeah, uh, we're here to help people get this. And if you're serious about it or interested in it, we want to, we absolutely want to do that for you and with you and, and whatever's going to best work for you. And thanks for listening and, and more next time. Yeah. Let me, let me say, if you're, if you're going no way, no how, and I want to argue with you, go somewhere else. If you're saying no way, go to clearmarshalarts.com. <laughs> nice. All right. Take care. Bye, right, guys, lady. Bye, bye everybody. Take care. And now, a word from our sponsor. What is internal power? Most people only understand external exerting power, which is another way of saying tense muscle strength. Bigger, more tense muscles equal more power. That's external power. Internal power comes from pretty much anything except tensing your muscles. There are many sources of internal power, and tapping into them is more of a mind skill than anything else. This is where the phrase mind over matter comes from. My name is Richard Clear and internal power is what I do. Students come to me for the mind over muscle secrets of internal power that are hard to find anywhere else. Over the past 40 years, I figured out how to get students on the fast track to effortless power. I created a one of a kind online program that is getting such amazing results for my students that I put a money back guarantee on it. Find out more at internalpowerkeys.com. That's internalpowerkeys.com. Thank you.